This is News To Go, your daily news podcast featuring news from various news outlets, heard via our Anchor podcast app and playing on iRadio daily until mid-afternoon. Now the news. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. United States warning Beijing against supporting Russia in the Ukrainian invasion. Greg Clugston has more. Moscow denies it has asked China for military assistance in the war, but U.S. officials believe China has signaled a willingness to help. And the Biden administration is putting Beijing on notice. Should they provide military or other assistance uh, that, of course, violates sanctions or supports the war effort, uh, that there will be uh, significant consequences. But White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki declined to say whether the U.S. believes China has already provided the Russians with support. Greg Clugston, the White House. Ukrainian military has repelled a Russian attempt to take control of the strategic port city of Mariupol. Ukrainian military general staff says Russian forces retreated after suffering, in some cases, very heavy losses. Also at SRNNews.com, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky will deliver a virtual address to Congress. Democratic leaders of Congress announced Zelensky will speak Wednesday to members of the House and the Senate. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer said in a statement Monday, quote, the Congress, our country, and the world are in awe of the people of Ukraine. They said all lawmakers are invited to the talk that will be delivered via video at the U.S. Capitol. It comes as Congress recently approved $13.6 billion in emergency military and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. In Washington, I'm Bernie Bennett. Legislation aimed at banning abortions in Idaho after six weeks of pregnancy by allowing the potential family members to sue a doctor who performs the abortion Now heading to the governor, House voting 51-14 to approve the legislation. It is modeled after a Texas law the Supreme Court has allowed to remain in place. This is SRN News. A former star in the National Football League taking action on abortion. Ben Watson says it's time to quit using the term health care to refer to the termination of a pregnancy. Writing for LifeNews.com, the Super Bowl champion says, quote, Talking about abortion like it's health care isn't just a pernicious, subtle lie. It confuses and obscures reality. It harms women, it harms children, and it prevents us from improving countless lives. He says playing word games with abortion just prevents Americans from addressing the issue head on. Michael Harrington, SRN News. Jews around the world will celebrate Purim this week, holiday built around the story of Esther, who used her status to sway her husband, the king of Persia, to defend the Jews against the sinister plans of Haman, the king's advisor. Purim begins sundown Wednesday and concludes the following evening. This is SRN News. A statue thought to be the last Confederate monument on a courthouse lawn in Maryland has been removed. Correspondent Bob Agnew has more. The Talbot Boys statue stood on the Talbot County Courthouse lawn in Easton for more than 100 years. The copper sculpture featuring a boy holding a Confederate flag and names the men from the Eastern Shore County who joined the Confederacy and died in the war. After the county council voted to approve its removal back in September, a coalition raised more than $80,000 to relocate it to an historic battlefield in Virginia. Bob Agnew reporting. On Wall Street yesterday... 
Day of mixed trading, but just barely. Down industrials gained one point for the day, closing at 32,945. NASDAQ dropped 262. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 was off 31 points for the day. More details at srnnews.com. Detailed forecast today. Statewide tornado drill 10-15 MA chance of sprinkles before 2 p.m. Partly sunny, with a high near 54. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight partly cloudy, with a low around 39. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. Wednesday mostly sunny, with a high near 65. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Wednesday night partly cloudy, with a low around 46. South wind around 5 miles per hour. Thursday a 30% chance of rain after 2 p.m. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 62. Southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Thursday night a 40% chance of rain, mainly after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 42. Friday a 50% chance of rain. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 51. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we are following our democracy in historic times. Raising the alert of Russian nuclear forces is a bone-chilling development. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now back within the realm of possibility. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres pleaded for Russia to cease violence against Ukraine and get on a path to diplomacy and peace. He said the situation is deteriorating as roads, airports, and health facilities lie in ruins and thousands are without water or electricity. The European Union approved a fourth set of sanctions to punish Moscow Monday, along with more sectors of the Russian economy. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will speak virtually to members of Congress Wednesday after lawmakers approved a $14 billion aid package for his country. Zelensky has pushed the U.S. to implement a no-fly zone, but defense officials fear it would result in a direct U.S.-Russia conflict. Fox News correspondent Benjamin Hall was injured reporting on the Ukraine invasion and is hospitalized. While few details are known, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby expressed hope for a speedy recovery. This is a war that didn't need to be fought, to be sure. Uh, but just as to be sure, there are there are journalists from around the world on the ground trying to discover the truth and to show that truth and to and to uh, and to tell these important stories. The White House is considering a trip for President Biden to Europe so that he can meet with allies about the invasion. A possible destination would be Brussels, home of NATO headquarters. On Monday, Biden told a National League of Cities conference his administration is not behind record inflation and rising costs which he attributed to the pandemic and Russia. Make no mistake, the current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. It has nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. Republicans have called on Biden to lift executive orders, canceling the Keystone XL pipeline and freezing new oil and gas leases on federal land. Senator Joe Manchin says he won't vote to confirm Sarah Bloom Raskin as the Fed's vice chair for supervision. The West Virginia Democrat voiced concerns about her view that the Fed should exclude struggling energy companies from government relief. Federal prosecutors asked a judge to dismiss criminal charges against a Capitol riot defendant and release him from jail, admitting in a court filing his legal right to a speedy trial has been violated. Prosecutors said oversights led to the defendant sitting in a Virginia jail for weeks as he awaited a court appearance. And this is Sunshine Week, which celebrates the importance of government transparency. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta says new guidelines will soon be issued to encourage government-wide compliance with the Freedom of Information Act. It is through the FOIA 
that journalists, advocates, and the public remain informed well enough to make real our ideal of a democracy governed by the people and for the people. In 2021, the federal government processed more than 838,000 FOIA requests. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Oli Barrett. The Prime Ministers of Poland, the Czech Republic and Slovenia are set to visit the Ukrainian capital on Tuesday. Czech Prime Minister Petr Fiala says they will present a package of support for Ukraine and its citizens. William Denzelo reports from Poland near the Ukrainian border. In a series of tweets, the Czech Prime Minister, Petr Fiala, says the trip's aim is to express the European Union's unequivocal support for Ukraine and its freedom. The delegation will visit with Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky and representatives of the European Council. Fiala says members of the international community, including the United Nations, have been informed. Ukraine has called for NATO members to supply more weapons, tighten sanctions on Russia and implement a no-fly zone. William Denzelo, Poland, near the Ukrainian border. Large explosions have hit residential buildings and a metro station in Kiev. Russia and Ukraine are due to resume negotiations on Tuesday. The European Union is imposing further sanctions on Moscow in response to the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. EU Foreign Policy Chief Josep Borrell says the new measures represent another major blow to the economic and logistic base which Russia relies on to carry out its invasion. Rosie Burchard reports from Brussels. Fresh EU sanctions against Moscow include a ban on providing credit rating services to all Russian people and entities and export restrictions on EU luxury goods, steel and iron. They also target what Brussels calls key companies in the shipbuilding and aviation sectors and foresee a ban on new European investments in Russia's energy industry. This comes as EU countries try to wean themselves off of Russian gas and reduce their dependence on Moscow for energy supplies. The bloc stopped short of a full ban on buying oil and gas from Russia, something Ukraine has been calling for. Several EU countries have spoken out against such a move, suggesting it carries too great a risk for the bloc's energy security in the short term. Rosie Burchard, Brussels. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is heading for Saudi Arabia on Tuesday, seeking alternative energy sources to Russian gas. The government says it's important to help choke off funding for Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, but questions are being raised about working more closely with Saudi Arabia given concerns over its human rights record. Foreign Office Minister James Cleverly says Boris Johnson will raise those issues. We have been very, very clear with Saudi, our long-standing opposition to the death penalty. We raise this with all countries around the world that still have the uh, death penalty. Ultimately, uh, Saudi Arabia is an important, influential country in the Middle East and as an energy generator. So obviously, it is right that the Prime Minister uh, speaks to them about... uh, alternative provision whilst this uh, attack is going on. I have no doubt that the Prime Minister will bring these issues up. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Friends, our hearts are constant battlefields where fear and faith collide which is what we find in Psalm 77, where a suffering soul is wrestling with living in a world where former blessings are gone and God seems distant, indifferent, even angry. Now, we're not told about the specific troubles, but we're given two clues at the start. 
First, he says his soul refuses to be comforted. A phrase found in Genesis 37, when Jacob hears his son Joseph has died on the heels of his wife's Rachel's death. And seeing Joseph's blood-smeared coat was just too much, and Jacob refused to be comforted. Jacob's frustration can be summed up in this question. Why do people I love have to die? The absence of one loved scars us for life. Arthur gives us a second clue to his pain in verse 3 when he says, My spirit faints. A phrase found in Jonah 2.7 when Jonah is in the darkest dark you can even imagine. I mean, is there any place darker than inside a fish at the bottom of the sea? Jonah's frustration can be summed up in a second difficult question. Why do I have to die? Our psalmist is struggling with some dark questions that we all have or will face. So how are we to handle them? Listen to verses 7 through 10. Will the Lord spurred forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, This is my grief, that the right hand of the Most High has changed. So what do we do when all the evidence suggests that God is not for us like he once was? We're actually shown here that asking honest questions and acknowledging we don't understand are beneficial because it turns us out of ourselves and exercises our faith. You see, the dark night of the soul is the time for faith to be strengthened. And frankly, I'll be the first to admit, I don't like that thought. I mean, why can't my faith grow because I see a good God blessing me a lot? Well, friends, faith cannot be classified as a photosynthetic organism. You see, faith doesn't grow best when sun shines. The best conditions for faith and faith growth is darkness and doubt. When buried in grief, faith springs up, reaches out to a faithful creator who has proven that he desires to bring us into an estate of salvation, which is where the psalmist turns in verses 11 and 12. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. The psalmist began with considering who God was in his personal experience, but now he's considering what God has done in the grander picture, and he finds there reason to hope. You see, the reality of grief in this age is significant, but it is not determinative because of the reality of who our God is in all times. So while the psalmist may not understand his situation, he's not stuck, and he begins to worship in verses 13 through 15. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Now his horrific situation has not changed, but his response to it has, as he now recalls that God is a great redeemer. Now you may be saying, well, Joel, why doesn't he say the children of Abraham or Isaac? Well, friend, remember those dark questions of his heart. They actually lead him to remember Jacob and Joseph, who both died in Egypt and didn't witness God's promise being fulfilled. But the psalmist sees nonetheless that God was still faithful to men like himself. 
And so the psalmist concludes with a retelling of the Red Sea crossing. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Did you happen to notice that the psalmist wrote himself into the story as though he were actually present there? We're being shown here how we can connect scripture to our life struggles. And did you also notice what part of the story is missing here in the retelling? The conclusion. There are no dead Egyptians here, and there's not a hint of the morning dawn as we read in Exodus. Rather, he focuses on how God is in control of the earth, the skies, and the sea, and how God opens a path for his people to pass through the chaos, even though he doesn't even seem to be present. Our psalmist is presently facing something that's causing his soul to faint, and he sees no end to his dark night of the soul. But what he does see by faith is that God is in control of all things, and he's opening a path, a way for him. He's walking by faith, because he cannot even see the smallest sign that God has been walking alongside him. Remember that poem, Footprints in the Sand? It doesn't relate to his experience. His experience is suffering and darkness, but by faith he looks beyond himself to the God who sent Moses and Aaron. You see, his hope ends with him counting on the God who sends deliverers to lead his people through the dark night. And friend, if Psalm 77 ends with such hope, how much greater can our hope be on this side of the cross, where our great deliverer Jesus conquered our last enemy, death, by his resurrection? And friend, Jesus wants to take us by the hand and be our only true comfort in both life and in death. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to.